Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is J.J. Dawson. This will be our sixth show. Our first show was almost a year ago, and that was a really very well-received show. title of it was The Trans Issue is Not a Petty Culture War Class. It is Everything. And we've also, some of the other titles are The COVID Nightmare Down Under. We did one on ESG as a WEF Economic Infiltration. Also, one other title is No One Is Coming to Save You, still very true. And then our last one in October was Andrew Tate and the Temptation of Man was my title. That was also very, I got a lot of compliments and a lot of great feedback from that show. But he's been busy. We've had the holidays and he just kind of reached out and I was like, yeah, we should do something. And I was just reading through his stuff. And I was like, this is the perfect article. I subscribe to his Substack, so I get his articles. And the title of this one is Your Country Needs You. The subtitle is That Is. The international bankers need you to fight and die in a frozen ditch in Eastern Europe to keep them rich. And it's an interesting title because I just did a show with Paul Kudenek about the Rothschilds, and that's how they made their money, really. It's facilitating and financing wars where people died. They got rich. People were miserable. They were happy. They're happy as heck because they just kind of ended up with all the cash. But uh, we can talk without And the timing is really remarkable. It was written 10 days ago, but in the interim, Tucker Carlson has interviewed Putin or came out last night. I, was, I haven't gotten through all of it, but I thought it was very interesting. As, as of this date, February 9th, 150 million views, I think, on X alone, which is astonishing. It's just a gargantuan, huge number. So everybody's interested in that perspective. But JJ can talk more about that. So JJ Dawson, welcome back to the show. Hi, William. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be here again. Excellent. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is it like here in the States and I guess you're kind of getting the same thing in the Commonwealth is they are now seeding the public with, we're going to send your kids to war because creepy Joe has said it. And it seems to be being talked about on TV, which I don't watch uh, very much, (laughs) only snippets here and there. Uh, But I guess they're trying to get this out. But I mean, you had the same thing. These two characters, Tobias Elwood and General Pack, sir, Patrick Saunders are talking about that in your down under, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Australia, but um, as I said in the article that you got pulled up there, um, yeah, the, the, the comments came from Tobias Elwood, who's the former UK defense secretary. And he went on Sky News and basically echoed the, um, the comments of General Sir Patrick uh, Sanders, who's the, he's the chief of staff of the British Army. And um, what Sanders actually said was um, basically that, that, that the UK needs to follow the, um, the example of Sweden, which has just reintroduced a form of national service um, as it closes in on joining NATO. And he said, uh, he said following Stockholm's example, uh, preparatory steps to enable placing our society, the UK needed to, to take preparatory steps to enable placing <clears throat> excuse me, our societies on a war footing. And um, you know he he went on he went on to say that um, you know talk he, he talked about national mobilisation. He said we we will not we will not be immune. And uh, as the pre-war generation, we 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 must simply we must as the pre-war generation, we must uh, similarly prepare. And 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 that is a whole of nation undertaking. Ukraine brutally illustrates that regular armies start wars, citizen armies win them. So you have got a guy here. 
and he, he, he goes on, he, he said a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, uh, incredibly hawkish rhetoric coming out of, um, you know, from the mouth of the head of the British army. And um, while I, uh, while I am a British citizen, I'm currently, um, I would say probably outside the standard draft age, you know, I do have a 17 year old son. And what we need to remember here is that, that, um, you know, you, 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 you can wave off the UK as irrelevant um, largely in, 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 the, in the modern geopolitical sphere. I, I don't think it is. I mean, you know, the city of London still, uh, you know, is, is a massive player in, in, in the world of uh, international banking, which, which as, as we all know, is, is what runs this whole, this whole sad clown show. Um, but, but, you know, wh whatever you hear coming out of the mouths of the British establishment, it should be perfectly obvious to all of us by now is is simply a reiteration of of the uh, the stance of the the neoliberal world order. You know, it's it's the right. same post posturing that we're hearing from the Biden regime. It's the same words that come out of the the mouths of the leaders of the EU. And you know, we, we can assume. And while while I think it's it's unlikely that the public will ever go along with this, it is alarming to hear such prominent figures making such uh, hawk, hawkish declarations, um, you know, uh, uh, to, to the effect of, of suggesting that, that national service could be back on the table and, and that uh, the public could be conscripted to go and fight a land war in Russia. Um, <clears throat> and we need, we need to assume that this applies to the entire West, you know, it, right. if, if, it's, if it's being said by the head of the British Army, then... It applies to the entire Commonwealth. Uh, it applies to Canada, Australia, New Zealand. We know the EU marches in lockstep with the City of London and with DC, and we're all well well familiar with the uh, the um, utterances of Joe Biden and and um, and uh, what's his name Kirby, and um, yep. <clears throat> you know, Lloyd Austin and, and the rest of the crew there in DC who who would like nothing more than than to spin this out into another Afghanistan, another Vietnam. And the fact of the matter is, depending on who you listen to, I know Bobby Kennedy's been rattling out this this figure um, ad nauseum, but he, he reckons, you know, up to 300, maybe 400,000. Some have said half a million young Ukrainian men have now died. You know, they, they've they've chewed up the uh, the flower of Ukrainian youth, as, as, as um, RFK puts it. And it would now appear that they're uh, looking further afield for uh, for fresh bodies. Right. I mean, they they can see from satellites the graveyards are full. Like there's there's just new graves everywhere, and they've estimated some are like a hundred thousand or two hundred hundred and fifty thousand new graves in the last year and a half or two years. So that's yeah. just the that's just the baseline. So some of those guesstimates are not from pikers they're not they're like analysts like mcgregor or uh what's the other guy's name some of these guys are military people so it's not only that so a lot of people have died but the whole country's been depopulated like tens of millions of refugees now or tens of i think the refugees are maybe five to ten million have left ukraine yep so it's really something else <clears throat> and it's interesting that you use the word lockstep because that's exactly what came to mind is you're seeing the same kind of unanimity of these kind of Western powers talking or 
guys, we got to get the, the the military. We got to get a draft to keep this fight going. And it also brings to mind the Assange statement that's uh, on the social media all the time, which is that they don't want to have a a war they can win. They want to have a long war. So this facilitates huge wealth transfers transfers for all of these countries, right? To the military industrial complex. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. And I think anyone under the illusion at this point that these wars are about anything other than keeping, you know, the money printer spinning and, and, and underwriting the, 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 multi-trillion dollar debt bubble they've created is is out to lunch at this point you know it's it's it it, it's blatantly obvious to anyone paying attention to how how the international monetary system works you know war is the biggest money spinner and it's it's also you know as we know it's a way for them to to launder money offshore um newly created money that, that 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 they've invented on a computer screen somewhere and 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 funneled directly into the into the pockets of um of of whatever whatever shell organization is is awaiting in in ukraine but i mean beyond all that it's 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 simply outrageous from where i'm sitting that that these folk have have the stones to to come out and 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 say things like like you know such you know, we, we must we must follow Stockholm's example of, of, of reintroducing national service, and this is this is quoting General Sanders. Such action is not merely desirable but essential. You know, he's talking about national mobilisation, and you've got Tobias Elwood, this this little creep, the former the former defence secretary of um of of the UK, who says um you know. What, what what does he say? Sir Patrick is one of the most cerebral thinkers we've got. Right. He, he he goes on Sky News and says, "Oh, we've been too complacent. What's coming over the horizon should shock us. It should worry us, and we are not prepared." Yeah, we have to and listen then, and listen yeah, carefully, yes, right? Yes, he's priming we, the audience. Yeah, yeah, we need to listen to this guy, you know. And then you got Rishi Sunak comes out and says, "Oh no 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 no, you know, we we're not going to be doing that." But um, as you said at the at, at the top of the show, it's it's seeding the idea, you know. And this is what they do: they test the waters, you know. We saw them do it with COVID, and and thankfully, you know, about ten percent of us uh, refused to go along, and and that was enough of a critical mass for them to have to take a step back on the vaccine passports, on the on the ongoing lockdowns, which which I think we successfully squashed with the um, the global freedom marches that that really swung into gear sort of around the end of 2021 and which which i was deeply um uh regularly involved with here in melbourne over that entire summer um but but they are trying to seed the idea that you know they're testing it they're 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 testing the market you know they're testing the waters they they want to see how many people sort of you know nod along and and tacitly agree with the idea I don't think it'll happen because I, I think uh, I just I think enough of us are waking up now and and, and have uh, developed the backbone to to just say no um, that it's very unlikely they'd get something like that across the line but it's concerning none, nonetheless and we need to pay attention to it because because these these clowns always tell you what they're going to do before they do it you know like uh, what, what what was the covid um prelim um scenario 
um, that they gamed out. Was it event event two hundred one or something? Two hundred one. That's correct. Yeah. That was yeah. Late twenty nineteen. I think it was. Yeah. They always they always tell you what they're going to do before they do it. You know. So so when they talk, you do you do have to pay attention. You know. And uh, you know it's it's uh, it's it's said by many that that's that's part of the um, the natural law that the Satanists live by. You know that if if they get your permission first, then Right. then it's okay you know so so they tell you what they're going to do and then, and then if, if you go along with it then it's your ass <laughs> right that kind of like absolves them morally or some kind of weird thing weirdly yeah thing like but these are like huge blood sacrifices these huge wars are really almost like that like they transmogrify yeah. this misery and then feed off it like vampires and that's what's going on and there's some really creepy <laughs> people involved in this whole bloodshed like Victoria Newland. Um, Newland, that's the other one I was yeah. trying to think of. Yeah, she's yeah. she's she's hungry for it. Yeah, super hungry. There's also like some other uh, woman. I forgot her name, but she's part of the Biden and Samantha Power. Have you heard of yep. her? Like she's involved in like selling out certain parts of Ukraine to BlackRock and these things like that. So that's happening behind the surface. So they're telling the public, Oh, we got to go to war and do all this, but they're really just securing their investments, which is really sick. And she's like a big player, and you'll see her um, on the desk sometimes with Biden. And her husband is Cass Sunstein, right? He was very much involved yep. in lowering vaccine hesitancy through behavior modification. So we made sure <laughs> the kids all got the kill shot. So these are monsters. These are literal vampires. They're yeah. happy. They love this stuff. They love sending off, you know, lower class, just like the Vietnam War. Like the average age was nineteen, and they were all poor people from, yeah. you know, rural parts of of the U.S. that had to go fight this horrible war that never should have happened. And it was all uh -huh. the same type of theory, the same type of thing: money, money transfers. Johnson had huge ownership in Bell Helicopters, among other things. So they. They made money on this whole death and murder. Two million Vietnamese people died, and so they just kept on going. I mean, it's incredible. And so they got a half a million. We've had senators here in the states that have like Blumenthal and this other nutcase was from South Carolina. Like this is good money spent. Like they don't give. A, they don't care that five hundred thousand young men died for nothing. For yeah. nothing. Yeah. Sick. Absolutely. I mean, apart from you know they're lining their own pockets you know that and that i sort of see two sides to it you know there's there's the the aspect whereby you know you get raytheon and lockheed martin and boeing do donating huge um super packs um you know to 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 the biden campaign you know and, and that's it's 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 the reward they get isn't it you know it's like well you you help us get into office and fund the campaign and and then we'll start a war so that you can so uh, you can get all these juicy military contracts, but at the same time, it gives them an excuse to to create uh, billions and trillions, even of, right. of of new new monetary supply, which which they need to do now. Like, I, and this is what worries me so much. With it. it's, it's one of one of these things I think most people don't understand is that you know what is the U.S. debt now? Is it thirty four trillion? You know, the service and, and, on the and, debt, JJ, is one now it's spiked, it's gone up to almost one trillion dollars. So, yeah. a year, which is outrageous, and they're expecting to borrow three trillion next year. 
So they can't afford these, the U.S. can't afford these wars. And the inflation here is just out of control. Like, it's crazy. So yeah. I mean, they're they're financing this war, making money and driving, like you had another article on the middle class. They're driving the middle class here into serfdom, like yep. literal serfdom. Yep. And, and and it all it all ties in together, you know, because I mean, yeah, look, I'm not a financial expert, you know, I'm not a banker, but you don't you don't have to be a um a financial whiz kid to understand the basic concept of of uh of a Ponzi scheme or a debt bubble, you know, a a, a, a debt based economy which uh which has grown so bloated that the only way to prevent it from collapsing is to keep creating more and more money. Uh, you know, that, that they, they have to create the money to service the debt on the money that they previously created. And it's an exponential curve. You know, I mean, that's, that is my understanding of it. And if, if, if I'm wrong, um, I'm happy to be corrected, but, but I've, I've seen, I've seen it going on my whole life. All you need to do is look at the graphs and, 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 at the same time, you, you you look at the um, the wage stagnation of, of your average uh, working or middle class person, which which has been basically stagnant since the seventies, I believe. Right. Uh, which incidentally is around the same time that they really um, geared up this this fractional reserve banking um, scam and came off the gold standard. And I, I you know, I've, I've written about that in, in many pieces, but this, this last piece I did here, the war on the middle class, it's actually, um, you know, it, it, it relates back to the previous article uh, in, in the sense that, that, that these wars not only, not only, not only seek to, um, to potentially send us and our children and our grandchildren off to die somewhere because, you know, let's be clear here. You, you can't you can't win a land war in uh, in in Central Eurasia with with drones and missiles. You got to have people on the ground. You you, you you can't occupy a street corner with a drone, as as Tim Paul always says. And uh, and they 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 have used up the fighting age men of Ukraine. I think they want to conscript other countries now and it's going to have to be we in the west because we've already been funding this thing to the tune of probably about half a trillion dollars out of our own tax bases now for the last two years and on and on it goes i think they want to put us on the ground i don't think they'll have much much luck doing that but we'll see but 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 the other thing is at the same time as as, as they're funding this whole thing even if the boots never do hit the ground you know the, the the resulting destruction on our lives, we of the working and the middle classes, is is I mean, you know, what what's worse, being driven into in, into serfdom or, or or getting shot in the head by a bullet? I mean, I I'd probably prefer the slower death myself because right. slow death. Yeah. But, but but you know, like um, as I outline in, in in that most recent article, the war on the middle class. You know, all all I did was sort of just um, I had a couple of I had a grocery bill lying around just a receipt from the from the grocery store and I, d I was just looking at it and i thought you know four years ago that that bill would have been about maybe 70 dollars, and you know it was over 100 you know so that that in itself represents a 43 percent increase in the price of groceries and what you're looking at there is literally just um you know a carton of eggs um half a kilo of cheese 
a few small tins of tuna, some toilet paper, some paper towels, a couple of cans of tin tomatoes, a couple of tiny jars of anchovies. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a few meals for one guy. You know, and 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 that's also buying the cheap stuff at the supermarket, buying the stuff that's unspecial. You know. Um, you know, so for a 43% increase in the cost of groceries, which is a huge part of uh, of regular folks' day-to-day um, weekly expenses. Um, you know, at, while at the same time, most of us are not getting comparable pay rises, you know? Right. So right. the pay rises I've had since since all this inflation kicked off uh, have not kept kept pace with, with this inflation. And remember when... Um, Janet Yellen said to us three years ago, or whenever it was, "Oh, this will be transitory." Right. What a liar! Transitory, huh? transitory yeah. inflation. It's still going up, up yeah. and up and up. Yeah. Yeah. No, they lie about everything. They've never yeah. told the truth. The whole told Biden administration is evil. They're totally demonic. They lie about everything, and you point that out in your other article too. Like they lie about democracy and that we're against authoritarianism when they're the authoritarianism. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. The, like the, the stones on these guys. Like um, yeah. that was Tob- Tobias Elwood actually, who who said, um, who d- who described, you know, said, you know, Ukraine is a de- is is a democracy, and it's 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 just laughable, you know. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a joke. <laughs> like it's so stupid. It's it's a, it's, it's a tin pot dictatorship. Where, where Zelensky's banned all non government media. He's banned all opposition parties, and they're still right. referring to this thing as a democracy. And that, that's how so stupid true. they think think we are. And unfortunately, they, they they talk about the U.S. as a democracy too, which is really crazy because it sounds yeah. nice, but it's not. We're not a democracy. No. And certainly, this last election was a joke, and the next one is going to be really something else. But uh, oh, yeah. it's always <laughs> been a representative republic. Like you vote for your representative, who <coughs> represents you, and then you vote them back into office. It's not democratic. Sorry. I mean, it's democratic in nature, but it's not a pure democracy. The U.S. was never intended that way. But it's the commie kind of uh, destabilization tactics the left uses. They, they know what they're doing. And then people uh, just buy into it. Oh, somebody said it was a democracy. Okay, it's a democracy. Our democracy, yeah. What a joke. Yeah, We and- installed Zelensky. He was a yep. comedian, not a very good comedian. They literally installed him in Maydan. So... It's. I've told other people they don't get it. This is a pseudo proxy war. Everything yeah. that Ukraine does is because of U.S. power. We're paying for all of their administrative people in Kiev. We're paying for people's like, you know, medical bills for their uh, insurance, all kinds of stuff. It comes out of the U.S. taxpayer. So yeah, say like the the Ukraine. We're helping Ukraine fight a war. The U.S. is Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. They're lying. That's just more of their lies and their deceptions. And they're they're too weak and cowardly to declare war. Like in the World War II, like people declared war against each other. Even Hitler, who was a monster, mm. said, okay, we're declaring war. And so would Japan. But these guys, this generation of like neocons are venal people who, you know, just never, there's nothing, it doesn't fly straight. Nothing they do is straight. There's always some kind of flim flam under the table deal that's going on. No, I'm serious. It's like nothing they say is ever straight. <laughs> you cannot trust these people. They have no integrity to the American public. It's so sick. Yeah. People have gotten used to it. So they've just been inured to it. 
like okay i know they're lying it's kind of almost like zilchenichin who was talking about uh that stuff in the gulag archipelago or like we yeah. know they're lying they, they know, know they're lying. lying they know we know they're lying and we know they know we know <laughs> right <laughs> you just go yeah. along with it yeah but at least your articles, you telling the truth is the panacea to their these people just lying all the time. Is that one person telling the truth can get 10 other people to go, yeah, you're right. And then it just goes from there. Like the thing is, is you just cannot go along with these liars. People cannot do it. These are monsters. And I mean, we've talked about the whole COVID fiasco, but it's just part of it. It's just part of this huge blood-sucking new world order mentality it's terrible that's what ukraine is and they're happy to send you off to war these are vampires they are happy to send like a frustrated angry middle class and use that as a pressure valve to for the problems they've created right <laughs> of like well, inflation well, and serfdom and stuff like that yeah and I, I mean and it all it all it all ties together but like i like i said in the um your country needs you article they um i you know what? What better way to inflame the uh, the public in the West than to maybe you know s send off you know send off a few battalions and 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 um and wait for the coffins to come rolling home? You know, right? At at, at that point, at that point, you've just created a bloodlust. You know, I think you know that that's what that's what they'd like. Like yeah, think, it, right. it, it, you know, they did it in Iraq. They they did it in Afghanistan. They did it in Vietnam, and you know, like I do, I do want to discuss the Second World War at some point, um, which you brought up before. But um, I really do think they want to get boots on the ground over there. Uh, and what what happens then? You know, half half a million Americans die. You know, a hundred thousand Australian and New Zealanders die. You, you are talking about the Third World War, right? When this thing started, when was it? February 2022? Correct. When this thing started, I came straight out of the gates. In fact, it was my first Substack article. And I said, this war cannot be won. How's it, how's it going to end? How do you beat Russia in a land war? You can't. It's never been done. <laughs> it's been it tried by... I, I tell people it's been tried by two formidable people, Napoleon and Hitler. And yeah. they, that ended their whole political career. Was a yeah. yeah and um i you know I, I don't see putin sweating sweating bullets um you know say what you want about the guy he's you know he's a, he's a pretty cool customer and he knows what he's doing uh and you know especially with the tacit backing of china i don't think putin or any of his crew are too concerned about about the situation you know um it's hard they to know have the hand they have the upper hand. They have uh, responded to the conflict by upgrading their entire military. And they've been chewing up the, I mean, the, the losses to, uh, like one out of 10. Like I think that, the, you know, maybe they've lost 50,000 men. Like it's a significant number, but the damage they've inflicted on Ukraine is, you know, enormous. So um, they're sitting pretty and they've up, they've had a military revolution. They've got drones, they've got 3D things, they've got hypersonic weapons. And the U.S. keeps sending the same stuff. It keeps sending yeah. these like almost military World War II devices just to get chewed up and blown out of the sky. Well, I think that's part of the plan. I think that that's that's part of the model. You've got to use up the old surplus stuff. And they, right. you know, 
that's that's probably the reason they left eighty billion dollars worth of crap in Afghanistan. You know, it's like, well, right. well, it, it's 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 actually more lucrative for us to to arrange to have that sort of because now apparently some of that stuff's showing up in Ukraine. You know, they just I heard that some of that's it. in Gaza. Some of it's in Gaza. Yeah, in Gaza. Yeah, they just they just peddle it on the through the back channels and and repurpose it and. Uh, you know, it's part of the model. It always has been. And ever since World War II, which we can get into in a moment, the, the, the US, and, and Eisenhower warned about this, everyone knows the famous speech um, where, where the term the military-industrial complex was coined. Uh, the model is um, fabricate unwinnable uh, forever wars to to use up the military equipment that that you've built so so you can then replace it with more military equipment and and keep that industry ticking over um i mean it doesn't seem so complicated to me and i and i'm sure that that um you know the, the stuff they are sending to you to ukraine like the, the equipment is um it's 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 like it, it was probably all it was probably all part of the the business plan that 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 Lockheed Martin handed to the Biden regime um, prior to his election. They're like, okay, we'll get back into Ukraine. You know, we we we've successfully ousted Trump and stolen the election. We'll um we'll 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 get back in there and reinvigorate. Um, we'll we'll reintensify the the conflict down there like like we did under Obama, and we we you know we've got about two hundred billion dollars worth of basically outdated stuff that we want to have blown up over there so so we can get that all shipped over there and then then we can build a whole bunch of new stuff and then you know the taxpayer will fund that and round and round we go right. <laughs> i think you're right i think it's that sick it's yeah. literally that sick i'm sure that those military industrial complex uh corporations were slavering to get rid of trump you know they because yeah. he didn't want to go to war yeah. And Biden's well, not running anything. Like, I don't, I mean, even Putin no, no. acknowledged that in this interview he did with Carlson. Like, talk to the team, you know? So, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's such a <laughs> strange, crazy situation. Like, it's just like nobody, it's just crawling towards this horrible war. I mean, and, and you're, there are nuclear codes. Like, these people have, Putin is talking about nuclear bombs when he started this special, what he calls a special operation in February, 2022, like that's part of the equation. Like you're messing with somebody with world ending power and on their border. Like, it's just so crazy. I, um, I rewatched the old TV film the day after just recently. And, um, you know, it still chills me. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it yeah, no, really is quite brilliant. It was 1983, I think, but you know, um, I first saw that when I was a child and it scared the bejesus out of me. Um, this was, of course, during the Cold War. Right. Um, and I kind of, I lived in terror until it became clear that the, you know, the Soviet Union was no more and, and, um, and that threat was perhaps no longer on the table. It's crazy to me, 40, uh, well, 30 years later, that um, we're now facing a situation where, where that movie is again relevant, you know, where, where, I mean, the chances of it happening, who knows, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw my hat in the ring there, but you know, we're certainly 
as close as we've we've been since perhaps the Cuban Missile Crisis. You yeah, know, I, think so. that, I mean, uh, I would argue the U.S. is currently at war with Russia. It is it is uh, similar to Vietnam in the sense that it's being fought through a a proxy nation, different to Vietnam in the sense right. that the U, the, right. the U.S. hasn't committed troops because unlike Vietnam, of course, there, there weren't Russians in Vietnam. So sending Americans to die in the jungles over there um, didn't immediately risk nuclear conflict. It, it was a proxy war in the tr traditional sense of the, wor the word. What we have now is a, a proxy war which is, is far more volatile because, because it is actually a war against Russian Russian, the Russian military. Right. And uh, so, I mean, in, instead of sending Western troops to fight them directly, we're just funding them. However, that they're, they're running out of Ukrainians, which, which brings me back to this whole thing. You know, you, your country needs you. Um, and they are testing the waters. They're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just split testing the idea. Um, how many people are in favour, how many people are opposed. But, you know, what what baffles me is what, what do they think will happen if, if they commit conventional Western armies to that conflict? Like, do, do, do they think that the nukes won't fly at some point? Tactical nukes or small nukes or, you know, what are the smaller ones called? Neutron bombs or who knows? Mini yeah, nukes, I mean... I mean like, and the other thing is, like, the, the American government doesn't think through its problems, like, what could happen in the future. Like, they didn't understand the consequences of getting it. Well, they may have, that it's going to actually inflate the dollar and we're going to go belly up like the Titanic. <coughs> but, like, <clears throat> committing those troops could mean, like, Russia, hey, can we get some help from we, uh, China? Can you guys get involved over here, relieve these pressures? I mean, it's already reordering the the world, right? So it would just further that. And I think that Europe's in a deep trouble. It's not as vital and vibrant as it used to be. Um, a lot of those countries are in real trouble and um, they're not getting the cheap gas that they used to get from Russia. And they're for a real reckoning period, like a lot of those Germany and France and England. So, yeah, well, I mean, that, that's, that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? It's the, the net zero agenda 2030 stuff. Which, which, and and you're right. I th I think the whole the whole big clown show is is a blueprint for. Well, I mean, Klaus Schwab and the rest of them have, have basically said it already. You know that, that they want to that, that they want they want to remake the the global economy, don't they? They you know yeah, yeah. they they want to create a new system. I mean, it's what it boils down to, as I've often written, is is Marxism. Um, it's it's Marxism in in a, in a new form, you know. And as you've often said, it's it's um, it's it's modern day feudalism, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. What what it amounts to is concentrating the um, the wealth and the power in in the hands of of a, a select few and and immiserating the rest of us. And, and they've just got multiple tools in the kit for doing this, you know. Right. A lot of a lot of it comes through the through the the UN Sustainability um, Development Sustainable Development Goals, the seventeen goals, which um, 
James Lindsay has has done some really great work exposing. Um, then then there's the there's there's the uh, the war angle, which 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 they use to destabilize things and 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 justify the creation of all this new money. Um, I mean, we, we, how close are we to collapse? I mean, That's I, a good question. I just, it's, it's like, I just feel like these last few years, it, I'm waiting for it to come, you know? Um, well, you write and, about degrowth, right? Like degrowth, hmm. like they're driving us back. Who would have thought they would go after the farmers? Like the whole PSYOP war, climate change war against these farmers. That's the foundation of everything is living off the land, food off the land. Like you think inflation's bad. Wait till you have to pay more because there's less being produced. The incentives are being destroyed. So it's an attack on humanity uh, through the, the nation state lockstep too, right? So you yeah. see this lockstep happening all through the Western world. So it is great. Are, yeah, they're being mm. poked. The, the general masses are being, they're at war against the, the middle class. I think that's, yeah. that's fair. I, I, they need to destroy the middle class. That uh, yes. I've, I've, of, I've often written about this. They need us gone. They see the <coughs> excuse me. The work the working class has has already been marginalised. That that's my thesis. You know they um it I, I say some somewhat facetiously and, and I guess a little bit um, cruel in a in a I, I don't mean to be cruel in, in in that article you have pulled up there. The war on the middle class. Um, I, I have the greatest respect for our for our, you know, our blue collar brothers and sisters and, and the work they do, you know, they keep the lights on for God's sake. Every, they do everything. Um, They're the most important. Yeah. Like we can do without the elites, honestly. Yeah. Most of these inbred elites that are making these decisions, we could do great without them. We need the middle class. We, we, we need we, farmers. We need the truckers. We need the people making energy. We need all those. They're indispensable. They should be doubled their pay and we should take all these CEOs and have all their pay and give it to the the people most important really great point and you just reminded me of something that i wanted to mention but yeah i i, I sort of say some somewhat nastily in, in in that article you know the the, the working class have already lost hope they're, they're happy to subsist on kfc and netflix until cancer or heart disease carries them off and i, I don't say that as a as a jab at the working class as i said i've nothing but the, the deepest respect for the people who you know build the roads and and um you know, fix the pipes, but um, they've but been it, under it, attack it, for a demoralization program for they, decades. I mean, yeah, yeah. How how else do you expect people who have been so marginalized to 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 feel and and to see to see the future? Uh, and look, obviously, there there are there are still upwardly mobile people within the working class who are driven and motivated and talented and, you know, finding ways to, to lift themselves up. But, but I mean, if you just look across the board at, at the, um, just the, the, just the general figures, you know, the average, you know, the, the possibility of, of, of a person on a, on a low working class wage now, now earning a home is virtually um, non-existent. non-existent. You know, they, they, they can't afford, many of them can't afford good food, which is why I say they, you know, they subsist on cheap stuff like KFC, which, which you know, it is, it, it's, it's, it's cheaper to buy that stuff than it is to, to go and get even, even a meager um, uh, cart of groceries. Like I did the other day, which I wrote about in that article there. Um, it, it is actually often cheaper to to buy, you know, high fructose filled 
rubbish, you know. So, you know, they, um, right. you know, they're, they're forced to A lot of the, poor, the poor kids in the United States, they subsist on $1 meals at fast food restaurants and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Because um, they can eat for like three or five bucks a day or something. Yeah. Like Sugar, it's crazy. basically. Oh, Sugar, which is additives, which is irradiated. Yeah. Who knows what's in all that stuff? They're, they don't disclose a lot of it. It's not real. A lot, some of that stuff isn't real food. I wouldn't. No, nah, it, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, it doesn't I, degrade. So yeah. I'm going to start rant, ranting like Luke, Luke Rukowski soon about high fructose corn syrup and and food additives and and glyphosate. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's crazy. But, We're being poisoned. I mean, poisoned. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so when I say the working class has already lost hope, um, I'm not trying to be. You know, I'm not trying to be nasty. I I, I just mean I, I think for anyone sort of stuck in in that underbelly at this point, you know, hope probably disappeared a long time ago. Now, the important thing about the middle class is while while you had a healthy and functioning um, middle class, it gave the working class hope, you know? It's, it's, right. it, the, the middle class represents the potential for upward mobility. It, it represents, in, in, in a way, the American dream, if you like. Or the great dream of of the liberal West, you know that 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 regular people can have good lives. That that's the basic thesis of the middle class, in my view. You know, and and I'm 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 middle class through and through. And I actually had to say to my son the other day, because he's just he's just left school, and um, you know, he's um sort of yet yet to sort of understand that he's going to need to get himself a proper job. And I, I had to I had to say to him, look, you know, our family has some money, but we're not rich, you know. Uh, and 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 that that really I think is is the um, is, is 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 what underpins the middle class. It's it's like okay, you can have a good life without being rich, right? But 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 for 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 a great mass of people to to have that good life without necessarily the riches of the top one percent or the top zero point one percent, you need that functioning middle class. You need you need the opportunity and the um, and the uh, you know the economic conditions which which we saw I suppose post World War Two, sort of through to I guess the end of the twentieth century, roughly speaking. You need those kind of conditions and and the upward mo mobility that, that that the middle class provides, not only for people to be able to live healthy, happy, and fulfilled lives, but but um, you know, to, to provide a sense of hope, you know, because right, right. over 99% of the population of the world, um, you know, let alone just we in the West, uh, you know, we, we, we don't have yachts, we don't have Ferraris, we, we don't have, you know, we don't have beachfront mansions. We, you know, a lot of us live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of us can afford one or two, you know, brief holidays a year. And, you know, as I point out um, in, in my article, The War on the Middle Class, um, or as I allude, it was it was kind of enough for a while, you know. That was enough for me. And I I, um, I, I start ranting in this article about, about this hotel room, room service um, bill that a friend of mine sent me a, a picture of <laughs> just, the other, just the other day. $38 or what was it? Uh, yeah. 30, 30 Australian dollars for two Heineken. That yeah, would 30, be like 30, 30, 
yeah, thirty-six dollars, thirty-six dollars for a grilled cheese sandwich, seventy-four dollar room service charge there for two Heinekens and a grilled cheese sandwich, which I'm told was was not a good sandwich. <laughs> but um, again, and the, the, I juxtapose that, which is a room service bill from a luxury hotel, with um, with with my own shopping list because I wanted to show two extremes, you know. Two facets of middle class life: the day to day and the getaway. You know, uh, they they both tell the same sad and outrageous story. You know that 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 the cost of living and I, I can tell you, I've like I said, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a very wealthy person, but you know, um, I've I've stayed, you know, I've, I've managed to have enough, you know, hotel getaways in my time to to know what what a room service bill like that. Would um would have cost pre-COVID, and and I'm going to say almost fifty percent less. You know, wow. um, this you know you got this tray charge in there, eight dollars, and you, you you notice things like that popping up now. It's like the it's like the service charge on Uber Eats. It's like the electronic transaction right. charges that they yeah. make you pay every every time you swipe your card. Sometimes it's one percent. Sometimes it's three percent. Yeah, and it's becoming the norm now. Service just, charger, extra charger, everything. Shaving off the top every chance they get. Okay. And it it, it 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 tells that sad story of inflation. But getting getting back to my point, you know, the, the middle class used to be able to afford a few your average middle class couple or or even single person used to be able to afford um a three-night getaway in a nice hotel from time to time. We, you know, we used to be able to afford to go on holiday and treat ourselves from time to time. And, for, you know, for a while, you know, that was enough. That was, it was all we wanted, you know, that's all we, all we asked for, but, but they couldn't, they couldn't even let us have that. Right. You know, that, right. that's no, sort of can't. how I feel. And, and that's, they're that's so what, greedy now all over. Yeah. Everywhere. They just, they, they, they just they, can't they give you anything. So they treat you like toilet paper is, did you go through kind of like a huge expenditures during COVID in Australia? Like they did in the States? Yeah, they just printed yep. a lot of cash out. Okay, so they did. Yeah, I mean it's proportional, I guess, to the population and the size of the economy. But mm -hmm. that they okay. they created billions and billions of dollars. I don't, I, I'm not sure of the the precise mechanism they used. Obviously, in the states, the Fed just um, oh. punches some buttons on a keyboard and and okay. poof, the money appears, and um, and then it, you know it goes into the pockets of of the big corporations and the politicians first and as it trickles down it becomes less and less valuable to the point where um everyone who actually needs it actually ends up worse off but they did the same thing here they probably just borrowed it off you guys or um probably i'm, I'm not sure if our if our treasury actually created new money but but it it amounted to the same thing and we're, we're probably talking we're to probably talking hundreds of billions yeah tens of billions, billions. australian it's incredible, yeah. like what they've done, and really in a generation. Because my parents were, my dad got a house, loan for a house when he was twenty three. Started having children, yeah. Like it was in the realm. Like I didn't have to put off having children. There was no yeah. no pressure because he could. Everything was cheaper. I mean, granted, he was in the Midwest, but like getting no, a house was yeah. Nothing. nothing. Yeah, I mean, and and I've I've told the same story. I I I wrote recently actually in. In the mid 1980s, my parents, uh, who were both just teachers at the time, you know, not 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 high flyers at all. They um, they bought a large four bedroom villa in a um, 
in a city fringe suburb in Christchurch, New Zealand, which um, is a is a perfectly um, perfect is a perfectly affluent little city. You know, it was it's not, it's not like they're living in the back of beyond. You know, uh, you know, so so for two people in their thirties on teachers' salaries to buy a house that size back back then, you know. Yeah, the boomers like to complain about how the interest rates were were so high back then, but even still, it was affordable. And and right. and I've I've often said, you know, show me your average middle class family, especially two two people on on teachers' incomes. You know, we're not talking, right. you know, uh, we're not talking Wall Street folk here or 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 anything like that. You know, um, right. show me your average middle class family who could afford a house that size these days. You know, most. Most uh, most people and most millennials now and and, and Gen Xs, um, you know, the, um, you, you talk to them and they say, "Buy a house." You know, what are you talking about? No, they renting, yeah. renting forever. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's part it's part of the system. It's failed. It's people, at least in the U.S. for sure. There's no question. I think your reference of Les Misérables is absolutely <laughs> accurate and apt. Like now, life is killed to dream my dream. The American dream is dead. Yeah, the American dream is officially been stabbed in the chest and it's oh yeah right through the heart so they don't yeah. even talk about that and that was something that kind of set uh, the ideal of america apart was you could fulfill your american dream you could have a house you could have nice food you could raise a family and you could yeah you could have the occasion extra, yeah and it's yeah. over and it's all because of the people in the government here the parasites have, have screwed us over in washington so yeah, it's an embarrassing. It, 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 like, and it's, it shows, you know, and I think the demoralization is really it because this isn't the greatest generation. These aren't the people who fought World War II. These are like whiny, can't get anything together type people. It's uh, the character of the country has really declined as well. Like they're just petty and yeah, kind of peasant minded. Like they don't they don't think about big issues as much and try to solve things because they yeah. just kind of want to find a uh, grift or something that they can use to get ahead. Yeah. And on the World War II thing, you know, going back to Tobias Elwood, former UK Defence Secretary, you know, he 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 had the balls to say um, on that Sky News interview, there's a 1939 feel to the world right now, you know. Right. This, right. this, this, damn, this language these people use, you know, this, this Churchillian pontification, you know, 1939. Right. Like jog on, chap. Are you kidding me? Like, right. I, I will say, I I have come to reevaluate my view of the Second World War. Um, a lot of the research I've done, um, suggests to me that that war maybe did not need to happen. You know, had Hitler not been funded by various um, moneyed interests in the U.S., who probably saw what was coming down and realized that if they got him into a position where he could start a general european war then the united states could eventually get involved and and they could then make a lot of money off it um similarly um i've recently found out japan never intended to invade australia and new zealand and um you know i've got uh, two grandfathers and one one step grandfather who was who i was very close to growing up who were all world war ii veterans you know and i i grew up with the, the greatest respect for them and you know they were my heroes and um right. You know, um, I find myself asking now. You know, what what did they do, what did they fight for, and what did so many? Because all three of them came back, and I knew all of them growing up. You know, one was a Spitfire pilot. He, you know, he, 
he was he was flying in the Mediterranean, and one one was a surgeon in the Pacific at Guadalcanal, and, and the other was an infantryman in the Pacific. You know, these guys are my heroes. But I, it's 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 as you learn more and more about this this military industrial boondoggle that's been going on, I think probably since since the creation of the Fed, which is basically what um, uh, got got the U.S. into World War One, as I understand it. Um, you start asking these questions, you know, is everything we've told been a lie? You know, was World War II really the good war? Um, you know, what what did they fight for? Was it was it was it to was it the same deal back then? Were, were people just less sophisticated? Did did we just not know enough now? And I, I say I say in in my article um, that your country needs you article. You know, I said, look, you know, I um. I, I, I tell Tobias Elwood to screw off and I say, you know, we're, we're not as naive as our grandparents were. May they rest in peace. Having said that, though, you know, those 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 guys were different and they were more upright. And 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 at yeah, least yeah. at least. I, I don't know, it, it at least there, there was a certain. Um, how should I put this? A, a, a certain kind of honor. To, right, to the, Elon to, or something, yeah. To, to the, yeah, to that generation, you know, and and I still I still regard my grandparents as as heroes, you know. They they um you know they they were they were tougher than they 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 were tougher than people are these days, you know. They um yeah. and and rightly or wrongly they 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 went out and and created the conditions that that allowed the 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 middle class of the 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 twentieth century to flourish. You know that that that's a whole other other rabbit hole, but but you know. Um, but that turning, you know, like what Tim Pool talks about—the fourth turning, these different generational things—it seems like something like that did happen. Strong men beget weak men, weak men beget problems, then strong men fix it. Like we're yeah. at the point of weakness. Like how can anybody in America t tolerate this stuff? Constantly yeah. lied to, having your money stolen, no oversight of your funds that go to Ukraine. You're about to send sixty billion dollars with no oversight. You can't get any oversight, and if you complain about it, you are with Putin. You're a Putin enabler or whatever, a voice of the Kremlin. I mean, it's Putin so insane apologist. that people yeah. tolerate. That's the insane thing. You tolerate this stuff? You don't call your representative and tell them they're frauds? You don't vote them out? You don't figure out why your vote doesn't matter anymore? Yeah. And that's, and that, and that's, the, that's the difference. Give me a break. What a yeah. joke. Such that's a the joke. difference. And, and we need we need more people to start standing up and saying no. Yeah. And, and you know, re regardless of whether or not my grandparents were were hoodwinked into fighting that war, I don't care because they they were tougher and they were they you know they they were stronger. Um, and 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 it is you know it is that um, you know strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create bad times, bad times create strong men. And, and re regardless of the attendant phenomena going on in the world and the psyops and, and all that we we you know we have entered that that fourth turning or um yeah. or whatever you want to call it I, I think this next generation is going to be some of the hardest people you imagine because they're when they grow up and realize how bad they got shafted and what their parents let them get shafted they're going to be completely different i think the political system will just totally change in america they'll just be like this just doesn't work i don't know whether they're going to have authoritarianism or a literal dictator but they're going to the look and go, this isn't it. You guys have failed. The system, American experiment has failed. We need something new. And that, that's yeah. kind of what happened in Germany after like a bunch of trauma 
and after the revolutions in Russia, and yeah. it didn't really end well. So. It didn't end well, and unfortunately, this is this. I think this is partially what what the globalists and 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 the elites are relying on, and and this 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 is this is why I, th I think it perhaps you know it is a controlled demolition. It's um, you know, they want people to feel like that because it 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 allows them to, you know, to um, usher communism in through the side door once again. Um, the question will will you know, will, will be, you know, which, which side will win out? Will it, will it be pragmatic, um, you know, populism? Will it, will it be common sense and decency and, and, um, you know, a return to small government and personal responsibility and, and all that, or, or, or will it be the, you know, the, the, the ever present and ever recurring, uh, menace of, of Marxism? Uh, right, right. It's it's anyone's guess, but I think I think you're right. You know, I, I I don't. I guess I would close by saying, you know, what what name one thing that has improved for the average person in the last ten years? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing. It's it's the you opposite. Can't. Yeah, it's the opposite. All bad. Down the line. Everything gets more expensive. The yeah. economy keeps shrinking. There's no wage growth. There's, there's just, there's nothing. I can't think of anything. I can't. Think maybe, of one, maybe one. the thing that comes to mind is the total destruction of the corporate media's credibility, and right. the rise of kind yep. of an alternate media like you and me. Yeah. So just other people, just kind of average. I mean, me, I'm just middle class, just trying to figure things out myself. Yeah. I don't have access to these papers or white papers these guys have, but just people talking doesn't make you feel atomized or um alone and i think that's intentional actually i think that's part of the whole kind of control system is really keep people from discussing things or talking to people without you know being called names or uh, conspiracy theorists or something like that so yeah I think that, that you, actually, you nailed it you nailed it you, you managed to think of something we, we we can finish on a positive note that that is correct the the one thing i think to come out of all of this has been the the immense distrust, the healthy distrust that that large sections of the public now have for the ruling elites. It you know, it is it is falling apart from them. They're, and their their day their their days are numbered. It's 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 just what what awaits on the other side. What 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 will the thrashing dying beast do to us in its death throes? You know, right. <laughs> um, but but you are you are correct. You know the 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 proliferation of of honest conversation you know even what tucker did with 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 putin you know was was something you'd never have have seen um in in previous years a just... two hour unedited uh, no ads talk with somebody a ruler yeah. of state who would have thought yeah you know you, you got you got you, for all the accusations of controlled opposition controlled opposition that fly around you know i don't know about all that but there are people having real conversations, you know, things are being discussed. And I think, um, as I've recently written, you know, people, people are becoming less afraid of saying what they think. And indeed there are more of us than, than we might, than we might, uh, imagine, you know, yeah. they, they want us to think we're alone, but, but I think there's, yeah. there's a lot more of us than, than we realize. So, we just yeah. got to keep talking.
Yeah, keep talking. And, and, you know, I think that we lost that thing. There used to be like more clubs, at least in the U.S., where people would engage, whether it's the Knights of Columbus or your, you know, pool hall or your bowling alley. Yeah. It's all become online. I think a move toward people getting together in social situations and doing those things yeah is good and healthy because then you can talk just over the pool table or something and and share ideas and let people know what you're thinking and that i think it's very therapeutic in a lot of ways and that was lost that was a component of the u.s culture that was encouraged in something that was unique that it seems like it's kind of dropped off so maybe people should find those clubs or do something outside out instead of getting bamboozled by the tv you know yeah by your smartphone yeah i mean it's 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 happening all over all over the world i see the same thing here you know but there's still you know there's still plenty of opportunity to to get out and meet people yeah. in the real world you know whether you're yeah. going to church whether you're sports yes. club or bowling or yes. pool or yeah whatever whatever it whatever, is you're doing whatever it is yeah. whatever surfing club i don't know yeah anyway jj we are at the hour market <laughs> to talk with you can you let people know kind of what you've been up to what other articles and where they can find your great uh writing yeah yeah sure thanks william um thanks for listening everyone it's always great to um to speak to you all um best places just jump over to um my substack which is jjdawson.substack.com um i did have a little break over christmas but i'm kind of getting my rhythm back now sort of posting weekly articles william uh, and i have discussed the um the most recent two in our talk today um yeah give 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 both of those a read if, if you've enjoyed our chat today because that will give you some more context on on what we've been discussing but th there's a whole lot in there um and uh you know I, I i cover all sorts of juicy topics you know from um you know from esg right through to the the vaccine issue which which we're all um very familiar with so yeah follow me on x real jj dawson and uh Thanks so much for having me, William, and uh, yeah, we will talk again soon. Yeah, we will. Keep up the good work. And I heard you were on her, her Voyage show, too, a couple of times um, last year or three times. Yeah, I, th I think we did two or three shows last three year. Shows. That's cool. Yeah. Just, we, we did one right at the end of the year, which was uh, a really good chat also, yeah. Cool. So people can find that, too, or probably find links and to it. Uh, TNT Radio. Have, TNT have already, Radio, that's right. That's right. Have more. Um, awesome. JJ, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Again, I will put a link to your Substack, and people will definitely take some time and uh, read his great work. Thanks so much for your time. Andrew. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, William. All right. Take care. Stay there.